Hey Logo Geeks, Ian Paget here and on this week's podcast I'm interviewing Gavin Strange to find out how he became a designer and director at Ardman Animations. But before we jump into the interview I want to thank FreshBooks for sponsoring this season of the podcast. FreshBooks is an invoicing and accounting software perfect for freelancers and small business owners to keep you organized. It allows you to create branded invoices in just 30 seconds, plus your clients can pay directly from those invoices, meaning that you'll get paid faster too. You can try it out for yourself with a free 30-day trial. Just head over to freshbooks.com forward slash logogeek and enter logogeek and how did you hear about a section to get started. So as mentioned this week, I'm excited to be chatting with Gavin Strange, who is director and designer for Aardman Animations in the day. And by night, he works on passion side projects under the name of Jam Factory, where he works on things like films, toy design, illustrations, photography and more. Gavin is just really creative. Now, if you're not familiar with Aardman Animations, they are the company behind much-loved characters, including Wallace and Gromit and Shaun the Sheep. Growing up, I absolutely loved Aardman Animations. I've been a big fan um, my entire life, so it was really exciting to get Gavin on, and I was really keen to find out how he got the opportunity to work for Aardman, because he didn't actually go to university, and I just think his story is really inspiring. So, On top of that, in this interview, we also discuss Gavin's design process, his side projects, his thoughts on uni, and we talk about the environment that he works in too, which he calls the den. Gavin is absolutely full of energy and he's great fun, so I'm sure you'll really enjoy this. So let's jump straight into the interview. Here is Gavin Strange. I understand that you didn't go to university, but you've been able to work your way up to become a graphic designer and director for Ardman Animations. Could you talk through your journey to how you were able to get into that position? Yeah, sure. I mean, I'll try and give you the relatively short version because I do get excited. No, it's it's fine. You can go into it in as much detail as you want. Okay, tangent it is. Um, (laughs) uh, I mean, I... I'll go right back to to school and and I just wasn't someone that wasn't particularly academically gifted I was really you know I liked school and I always liked learning and things like that but I just I just never measured greatly against tests but I was never really bad but I was never really good I was just somewhere in the middle just very mediocre and that just meant that I had very mediocre aspirations because I just didn't know what the world expected of me almost you know um so I was always just going from next step to next step I never really had any big plans especially back then you know when you're 15 16 years old and someone says well what do you want to be what do you want to do with your life that's such a grand and daunting and terrifying question uh, especially at that at that age you don't know you know I think it's a better question to ask you know what kind of person do you want to be you know really but but anyway back back then I wasn't really sure but I, I knew I was interested in design and graphics and art mainly based on um i liked computer games and um (laughs) characters and toys and animation i just kind of like that stuff and i I didn't really know where that would take me until 
I just kind of thought maybe I should go to maybe should at least do the next step of, of education and that would be to go to college a local college in Leicester where I was originally from and um, I just kind of went on this course basically this two-year course BTEC National Diploma in, in Graphic Design and I was really not very good. Like, I and I and I, I I've told people about this before, and I think people think you're always he's just being silly and modest. I'm really not. I'm not. I, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not amping it up. I'm. I'm. I genuinely was really not very good. You ask any of my friends that they kind of can't believe that I've got a dream job now because back then, <laughs> again, I was just somewhere in the middle. I was neither bad. I was neither good. I was just. I didn't really the spark hadn't hadn't sort of I hadn't found it yet and it it wasn't until a few years later that I'll come on to that that it really did sort of kick in so I I you know I really enjoyed college and I loved it but I kept getting more distracted with with I made a my a best friend there called Johnny who I'm now still best friends with 20 years later and we basically sort of didn't pay attention to graphic design we just went to the in the computer room downloading trailers from the apple site <laughs> this is when it was a real ordeal that you'd have to really put in the hours to to, to, to watch a trailer or to get a ta- trailer and so we just spent a whole time theorizing about films writing terrible scripts and uh, as a side note I wrote a terrible film script called Angels when oh I was God. 16 and Johnny <laughs> brought that out at my wedding day and had copies available for people to oh, I love it that's and brilliant <laughs> I died with embarrassment it was awful anyway um so so I was sort of back even back then sort of really interested in film and excited by a film and still graphic design and characters and comics and all sorts and so I sort of bumble my way through this course and again neither being particularly good nor particularly bad but I knew that I wanted to get into the industry. I did know that. I was starting to sort of form at least an idea of what I'd like to do. It wasn't really a plan, but it was just a, okay, you know, sometimes just knowing what you shouldn't do is as good as, you know, knowing what you should do. You know, just if you can cancel out any, any, anything and, and at least refine your plan, even if it's not particularly um, meticulous, and I think that's a good thing. So I knew I didn't want to go to university. And that was purely on a simplistic point of I didn't really drink and I thought that's all university was for three <laughs> years. So I thought just literally, you know, just, just logically, I thought, well, that's silly. I'm not going to do that then, am I? You know, I didn't really, I'd love to say I gave it a real in-depth, you know, analysis and weighed at my options, but I, I don't have any recollection of doing that. It was just, yeah, I'm not very good on the booze, so I won't. Um, <laughs> so I didn't. So so there was just two people in my class um, that weren't going to go to university and we wanted to get into the industry. And a local design firm at the time was looking to hire a junior designer and that was perfect for us so two of us me and this guy called rob who was a brilliant designer very switched on very skillful um we both went for the position and basically it just came down to look i think rob ran out all of the um creative director's favorite pantone pens uh, letter set marker pens sorry and and that made the the creative director a bit grumbly so they chose me um so so I got this job and I'm in this job and it's just a whole different world it's well it was you know it's just going from the the safe environment of of education to this is a job you know not only was the excitement that I was being paid for this stuff but 
but just a responsibility as well. You know, getting up in the morning, going to work, you know, that that, that was just such a thrill, especially because um, I think I was still 16 at the time. I, I was just turning to, to, um, to seven, no, sorry, no, no, I wasn't sorry. I was, I was nearly 18. That was it. Um, I was sort of 17, just turning 18. And because my course was just wrapping up, but I essentially done all the work, and you know, when you're sort of waiting for your results, I'd started the job already. And so, you know, I was 17, 18 years old, just really sort of wet behind the ears, just totally new to all this stuff. And, and I was just so overwhelmed just in the best way. Um, so I was at this design firm and really early on, Within the first few months, I think, if I'm remembering this correctly, you know what it's like, you 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 think you're remembering things in a certain way, and, and maybe all of this is just fancy, maybe none of this Yeah, happened, yeah, anyway. I know, I understand what you mean. <laughs> yeah, I mean, who knows? Um, I got the opportunity to say, um, that basically, the, the firm says, look, how you're a junior designer, and we're teaching you the ways to be a professional graphic designer. How would you like to be a junior web designer? Because we've got this new um, part of the company that we're we're starting, and we want to get into new media, as it was called back then. And I tinkered with the internet. I played around. I had a really kind of rubbish PC that I was just interested in tinkering around with and just trying to make stuff graphically and, and tinker with the internet. And I was just really intrigued. So um, I just was like, yeah, of course, just, you know, excited for any opportunity, really. Um, and so my role sort of switched. I had this graphic design base that I started with and still continue to learn from the designers and the team, but also the the, the director of the new business side took me under his wing Um and started showing me the, the ways of the web and building websites and designing sites and interactive stuff. And, and so that for, me, that for me was my education because the spark had ignited in me because it, it was up to me. You know, it, I think I probably was just too used to education just guiding you along, whereas, you know, in the workplace it was, well, you've got to be accountable yourself. You know, you've got to um, make sense of it well you've got to represent yourself well you've got to be active and engaged and you know all the pressures on you and and i i kind of finally realized that no one had ever really given me that responsibility before like i say because i was was very in the middle in education i never really got the opportunities to you know take it take something and run with it whereas in the job it was like well of course it's on you you know we're paying you we're teaching you what you're going to do with this opportunity so i just went to town really i just wanted to grab every opportunity I could I I wanted to do anything and everything I wanted to try every visual style and it was at the same time that I'd started here that the director of the new media side was said you know you need to have your online portfolio you need to have your own website where you can tinker and play with this stuff I was like yeah 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 sure <laughs> uh, okay um and so he just recommended just buying a domain name and starting a website. He says, I'll show you how to do it all. But, you know, you're doing all this stuff during the day. You should you should play more. Like, okay. And so at the time, I was really into, like, design crews, like Designers Republic, 123 Clan, um, uh, the work of Tato, um, all of these sort of super cool uh, design places with aliases, with with you know monikers to use for their names and i thought i'm gonna have a super cool name too <laughs> uh um, okay so i went to the domain name registrar site and went uh, 
well, um, <laughs> like drew a blank and just wrote oh, jam dash factory. And it was free. Brilliant. And so I just hit buy um, and then decided that that was my, my name. And then it just really took off from there, really. I was, I would honestly redesign my website all the time because I'd learned something new at work and I just wanted to get more out of that, I don't know, that visual style or that little piece of CSS or a little tiny hover um, menu trick. Um, I've just was so enthralled with the details that I just would just go home and tinkle and try and play and 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 I just used that site for everything. I would put my photography on it, my character designs, my skateboard designs, and what it did was it just gave me a space to be confident because I was never really confident in anything I did, but this sort of safe space, this little tiny corner of the internet that I'd carved out for myself, it didn't matter. You know, it, I didn't have to justify that I wasn't a photographer or I wasn't a character designer. I would, you know, take pictures no matter how bad they were, but I was proud that I'd taken them. Again, coming from, you know, fresh out of education, not expecting much of myself, I was just proud that I'd tried and I'd done it. And and I think what it really did was it just fostered uh, a confidence in just trying. You know, not confidence in the work, but a confidence in just giving something a go because there was, as far as I could see, there was no downside. You know, i just make something, put it on my little website, get excited about something else and add that to it as well. Um, and that just, just carried on building. And then that in turn gave me more interest in the, in, in, in excitement in the day job. And it just sort of, it, it just became this, this cycle that I just get more and more excited, want to try more things, want to redesign the site more, want to push it and see where I could take it. So I did that for four years, basically. I was at this design agency being a junior, learned so, 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 so much and, and, and loved being a part of it. But, you know, four years on, I was probably, I think, 22. And, and again, I don't have any recollection, recollection of what led me to the thought, um, aside from a, a, a boost of confidence from a, a friend of mine who ran a skate store. He basically said, look, you're, you're, I can see that you're growing. Um, he ran this skate store very close by to where this design agency was. He said, how about, you know, you, I think you could go for it. I think you could go and work for yourself and be freelance. And if you wanted to, I could give you three days worth of work here at the skate store doing the, the website. Because back then, you know, 10, 15 years ago or whatever it was, you know, the internet and e-commerce was really quite new. And, and and he saw it as an opportunity for him to get his site online and to get things moving digitally for him. And it was an amazing opportunity for me. And so, again, I can't remember worrying about it too much. And I just went, yeah, sounds great. Let's do it. <laughs> so I, I walked into my boss's, uh, then boss's office, sort of trembling and saying, um, I've made a decision. I'm going to work for myself. And I kind of remember him chuckling, really. Uh, I don't know if, again, if this memory is right, but I remember <laughs> him sort of smiling, going, do you even know what freelance means? <laughs> <laughs> Freelancing is pretty tough, isn't it? And I don't think many young designers know just what's involved, do they? Um, but you never know. He might have been smiling as he was quite proud of you, especially since he'd been giving you guidance. Like He, he could probably see it coming. So I think I mean you know looking but again I was so so young and so fresh faced at that time as well I really was the baby of the group and and I think it was probably more just a Ooh, 
the audacity of this one, you know, just sort of almost taking it, you know, there was no, me leaving was not going to make any dent or impact in any way whatsoever. So yeah, it wasn't just like, oh, I've been running the company for 10 years and actually and that I'm going to leave, you know, it didn't leave him in any, any position at all. Um, and yeah, I think he was more shocked, but but I, I, I did. I, I sort of had in my noticing and then then spent another four years um, working for myself. But what I continue to do is I then made Jam Factory my business. You know, it went from being a, a, a side project portfolio thing just that just existed for digital experiments and all sorts of stuff to it was my home. And that's the URL that I shared with people and sent around to people. Cause at the same time as learning all the internet stuff, you know, of, of how to build sites, you know, I was fully immersed in cultures. I was really into, you know, PHP, BB, Bullington boards about, you know, music and design and all sorts of stuff. So I was really into the internet, you know, into IRC chat channels and, and, you know, finding software and finding stuff and, you know, kind of working hard to, to find, find stuff and, and get immersed in digital culture. So, so I sort of had all of that behind me as well. And it just gave me again, a bit, a bit more confidence to, okay, maybe I could make this work. And, and I did, and I worked above this skate store. It was it was a dream job, you know. I worked above a skate store. I was a skateboarder at the time. I loved skateboard culture. I loved, and still do love, the aesthetics of skateboarding, the sort of DIY ethos, the the variety in graphic design from sort of super clean, crisp vector work to like gnarly, um, illustrationy, uh, sketchy stuff. So so it was again just. I think I just went from experience to experience, getting deeper and deeper into this this world of creativity. So, so I'm sorry, we're still not even at Auburn yet. This is this is. I did, <laughs> no, I did, keep going. Keep I going. I'm I'm listeners. I'm loving it because I'm really relating with um, your story because my my background is quite similar. I didn't go to university. Um, it, it wasn't out of choice as such in, in the same way as you, but I learned on the job in the same way as you did and kind of worked my way up. So we got similar paths. So it's a really interesting story. So please keep keep going. I'd, I'd definitely love to hear, you know, how you went from working freelance and then, you know, went back to getting a full-time job again. Well, I think like you, like you said, learning on the job, there's, there's so much to be said for it. And I realise it's very easy to say that opportunity, you know, jobs are very, very hard to come by and they seem increasingly more difficult to come by. So that should never be underestimated or, or, or looked over. But there's, there is, I think if you can get those opportunities and they're scary on there because it, because, you know, learning on the job, you know, that's like, Oh God, I better not, better not screw this up. But I kind of do think if, if you really, really weren't ready for the opportunity, you A, wouldn't put yourself out there anyway. You, you just wouldn't even consider it. And the, probably the opportunity wouldn't find its way to you anyway. But, you know, when those opportunities do come along and you are really nervous and you think, God, learning on the job in whatever situation, whether it's a job you already have and it's a project you've got to learn on, you know, if, if, if the opportunity is there and, and it's in your brain and you're starting to consider it, that means I think you are ready and you can do it. You've just got to overcome it and, you know, you've got to find the confidence, which is all part, part of the process. Anyway, um, so, so yes, I very much condone working on the job, learning on the job. Um, anyway, back to, back to working for myself. So I was, I was, again, even deeper in that. Four years in, I, I loved it. I managed to 
just sort of approached different people um, in the local area that was in Leicester. So the skate store called Casino Skates, which I loved, was in a really nice shopping sort of um, independent shopping area. And then a few of the other stores uh, locally, like next door or or two seconds away um new was doing digital stuff web stuff and so i got to work with them as well and so started expanding it so my bread and butter really was digital design and i love it and i do did love it at the time but i just was i felt like i want to do so much more you know i love character design i love designing products i love toys i love film you know I, i wanted to do more of it and basically i continued to to do those things that no one was paying me for in my own time just self-initiated projects and would put them on my website and over the years i you know people who were looking to hire me at the time they would see you know i don't know a a character design illustration next to a, a digital website and because i wouldn't say well i made that in the evening on a Sunday because I wanted to, you know, they just see the work, even if I would have written a description, you know, not everyone does, you know, people see the work at the end of the day, don't they? Yeah. So I, I, I started to get more work based on the stuff that I was putting in there, not all the time and not this huge sort of like, well, I don't need to do digital work anymore. It was small bits and pieces, but again, you know, what that did was grew my confidence, grew my confidence to go, Oh, okay maybe i can continue sharing this extra stuff but it just just added to the portfolio so i had more character design work more illustration work more graphic design work more photography work and and it just just starts sort of amplifying more and more as i did more and more with the different mediums um but you know bread and butter the bread and butter was still digital design and in the middle of all this um i decided to move to Bristol. And, and again, there was no grand plan. My girlfriend at the time, um, she lived in Leicester and she was moving to Bristol. And I hadn't lived anywhere else because of the university thing. And so I just thought, well, now is, you know, the best time as, as any uh, because I haven't had that opportunity or experience of living from home. And it's really important that I do. Um, Bristol sounds like a great place. I've never been, but I'm pretty sure it's good. <laughs> So I I went for a, for a visit and I went to visit the only person that I knew there and he, it was an artist called Mr Jago who I was a huge fan of and still am a huge fan of he's an amazing artist painter character creator and I was just a massive fan of his work he happened to do the branding for the skate store that I was working at in Leicester but he actually lived in Bristol and I was such a huge fan of this dude. I just wanted to make something for him. I He didn't have a website and I wanted to make one for him because I loved his stuff. And so because of the connection at the skate store, I got put in contact with him and just sent him an email saying, oh, hello, you don't know me. My name's Gav. Um, I really like what you do. Can I make you a website for free? <laughs> and he got back to me saying, yeah, of course you can. <laughs> How about we meet up in Bristol to chat? So I go to, to Bristol and just fall in love with, with this city. It was it was totally different to Leicester and the Midlands where it's from. It was green and luscious and it was full of hills and it and it was just different. It was a totally different sort of vibe. And I just thought, yeah, I definitely do want to move here. This this is the place for me. <laughs> so I did. Um I moved. I knew that my girlfriend at the time and Duncan, Mr. Jago, that's 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 who I knew. And because I it was such a small friendship group 
probably sure you can't actually call two people a friendship group, but, <laughs> but still, I'm sticking with it. Um, I, I would hang out with, with Jago a lot. Um, I, I, was, I was doing freelance, doing freelance digital stuff, but I'd go over to his uh, lunchtime and take my sketchbook. And because he was a, as a traditional artist, I would take my sketchbook and just draw when he was drawing and 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 that gave me more confidence you know just he would give me tips and advice and 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 it just got me out of my comfort zone because I wasn't very confident with with what I could do um you know with with pens and pencils and stuff and this just became a regular thing we just we'd just go out and hang out basically or sometimes we'd just work together he'd be doing his work I'd take my laptop and be doing my digital work and we'd just hang out in a space but through him i started going to other art shows that he was a part of and started meeting lots of other bristol artists and designers and creatives and just started expanding on that that network really and i would go to lots of different art shows and just yeah just be introduced to people for friends of friends and again i was still really involved in the internet and and just sort of making friends digitally and making friends digitally in, in Bristol and stuff and, and just sort of expanding my network outwards and just trying to reach people. But what I did and what I made sure to do was was sort of professionally to keep the work coming in so I could afford to pay the rent, um, just was constantly refreshing my portfolio. Um, if I didn't have any paid work, I would just always, you know, continue doing filmmaking photography characters illustration anything and everything purely out of my own uh, excitement i just wanted to do it and i was adding to this portfolio and would always make sure that i would would update it and then would then update the wider networks so in bristol there's a thing called bristol media which is like a a, a hub for connecting uh, yeah filmmakers designers all sorts of people together um, looking for work um, amongst many other things and one day I get an email that just says, hello from Armand. Hmm. And I pick myself up off the floor and <laughs> just sort of just stood in, in shock. And it was an email from a guy called Dan Ifgan, who at the time was the creative director of the newly formed Armand online department. And they were looking for a freelance designer to come in and and work for quite a long possibly quite a long um period um on a on a single project it was designing a uh, a website for what was um, going to be channel four i didn't know that at the time but it was a big um animation portal for channel four so i reply just so quickly going oh my god oh my god oh my god oh my god, oh my god. just totally not playing it cool at all and dan basically said do you want to come in for a cup of tea and have a chat you know let's have a chat about out what it is and that was 11 years ago and i have never left that is amazing <laughs> so they actually contacted you yeah they, yeah they actually contacted you you didn't apply for a job no i love that, that story so lucky. i have so many yeah, questions i mean that i mean that's just the beginning as well but that's that's how i uh, uh, first got my feet in the door at album just before I dive into those questions, I want to take a short break to tell you a little bit more about FreshBooks, who has sponsored this season of the podcast. FreshBooks is an invoicing and accounting software designed specifically for freelancers and small business owners. It's really easy to use and keeps you properly organized. Now, here's a few noteworthy features. 
You can create and send customized invoices in about 30 seconds. It's multi-currency, so you can work with clients globally using the currency of their choice. You can automatically create and send recurring invoices. So if you need to bill annually for anything like a web design, it will do all of that for you. Your clients can also pay directly from your invoices too. So it's quicker and easier for them. And that means that you get paid quicker. Now that's just a small selection of the features available in FreshBooks. But if you'd like to give it a try for yourself, listeners of this podcast can access a free 30-day trial. All you need to do to claim it is just head over to freshbooks.com forward slash logo geek and enter logo geek in how did you hear about us section to get started now let's get back to the interview with gavin strange i'm thinking probably the first thing to discuss is university like the fact that you've been able to get such a fantastic job without needing any qualifications but instead you you've been able to find an opportunity where you could basically learn on the job I had a very similar experience myself. Like I don't have a formal um, education, but I've been able to work my way up kind of like in the same way that, that you have. So from your perspective, now that you're in a role where you basically need to employ other graphic designers, do you think it's worth graphic designers going to university or do you think it's better to find an opportunity where you can basically learn on the job as as we both have done i mean it's totally down to personal preferences and and i only have my own experience which is one-sided of not but i i do there's obviously lots of lots and lots and lots of positives to take from going to university it's 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 so much more than just what a qualification says of course and it's the it's the the friendships and the social side of it not not the fun stuff but you know literally making different friendship groups and the transition from um further education to to university moving away you know it's 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 so much more of an experience but if you look at the cold hard sort of reality of of commercial experience and industry experience and building a portfolio which really is all that matters you know people really only care about what can you do and yeah. i want to see it so i want to see uh well now you know an, an instagram feed full of your work or a regular twitter feed full of it or a behance or your own website so you can do that without going to university it's difficult because staying motivated and motivating yourself to do self-directed projects is really hard so if you've got a a network of tutors there that are going to set that for you and are going to develop you that is well worth going so i think it really is about personal preference and i don't think it's 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 up to me or you to ever sort of ascribe a a certain way to go but I, i definitely think there is there is equal opportunities for both sides of that coin isn't there there's going to be uh, positives to take from from both i I like that it can be both you know it's not if you don't go to university basically you have no chance of getting anywhere because it's it's all qualification led it's it's our industry is visually led isn't it which favors which favors any anyone making anything visual at any time or any point in their life yeah, I, I think that that's a really good answer because you kind of explained the benefit of, of doing either one and it's really down to preference. 
um and and situation mm, yeah definitely yeah and and i would say i i don't know about you but the the opportunity that i got um you know where i could actually learn to be a graphic designer i feel like i was in the right place at the right time and those opportunities are not that um you know it, to, to to be able to find a graphic design job where you can play and learn on the job i don't think those opportunities come up that much but i might be wrong with that oh no yeah definitely i i i feel so unbelievably lucky i i just can't can't imagine how the planets align so much to to get all these opportunities but at the same time you can't ever plan for that stuff either you just have to get your head down and make stuff really don't you and and fortunately for you and me you know we were in the right place at the right time someone took a chance on us and gave us an opportunity and then we wanted to deliver on it you know that's that's the thing so but you don't know those opportunities that pass you by you never see those you know so it's, it's quite hard to quantify it sort of gets quite cosmic at at some point yeah yeah, just, yeah it really does you, you can't you know you can't worry about what you can't control so you've just got to sort of yeah. do what feels right to you in that moment I think yeah I think the one of the other things that I wanted to ask you about is free work um because I know it's quite common online that I will see people basically say um my time has value and you shouldn't do anything for free and there's a lot of conversations around you know, no, no matter what level you are at, you should be getting paid for the work that you do. I've done a lot of free stuff in in my, uh, you know, in in my career. You know, just things that I've been playing with, things that I wanted to do fun, things that I wanted to get involved with. In in a similar way to you, obviously, you're a huge advocate for doing free things because if you didn't do these things, you probably wouldn't have got your job at Ardman. But I'd love to know your more of your thoughts on on free work because. It sounds like you really got an ad, you know, you advocate and you would encourage people to do that. Yeah, I, I do advocate. It's funny though, isn't it? It's the debate, uh, the, the conversations about it online. Nuance is dead, basically. There's no nuance on yeah. the internet anymore. So it's so <laughs> damn difficult to, to have a, a, a measured, calm conversation with something so sort of emotionally charged yeah. and, uh, and uh, with negative connotations as free work, it's very hard in 280 characters for anyone to, to really sum it up. And, and also just naturally, people don't read a tweet with one opinion and go, oh, actually, thank you for the information. I've now totally changed my mind. There you go. So, you know, that aside, the internet debating aside, uh, uh, yeah, I, I, th- I think if it's free work for yourself, then of course, you know, that's how stuff gets made. But also, if you're in control and you don't feel exploited, that is up to you. I do understand, like, everything. There's two sides to everything, actually more than two sides, again, because it's not that black and white. You know, because if you basically do something for free, you are devaluing it, possibly. And, of course, um, someone who's maybe not so um, gracious uh, as as whoever you're – say you're making something. For example, I made a a few things for a buddy of mine, a a rap called POS I'm a big fan of, I'm a a good friend of. And we we make stuff for each other. He's given me music and made beats, and I've made videos for him. No money's exchanged, hence. And we're just happily just making stuff because we both like making stuff. But at the same time, does then someone else hearing that or seeing that go, well, oh, cool, so – filmmakers don't need any money then do they you know there is there is always a risk of you are basically telling the world your actions are saying i don't need paying for this 
Yeah. Um, so again, I think it's a bit of a tricky tightrope to walk, and it's as long as you feel comfortable and in control, you know, you can do obviously anything and, and everything for yourself for, for free. But I think it de- it de- yeah, it depends on who's asking, basically, doesn't it? Yeah. And it depends on what they're expecting. Um, it's it is it is tricky. I think it's great for for building blocks and for developing more, but. Yeah. You know, yeah, of course. If you're good at something and, and you want you want to get paid, you want to get paid because you want to be able to do more of it. There's not any arrogance in wanting to get paid for it. It's you only want to get paid so you know you can not starve to death, or pay your rent, <laughs> yeah, or yeah, look yeah. after your children. So it's it's yeah. I, but I do understand why why it is a tricky debate online, and some people are. Yeah, I I think it's very much like, say, if it's Mr. Rich Businessman owns 100 businesses and and he's got loads of money, if he's coming to you and going, I want this for free or as low as possible, that is obviously a a problem because he's obviously making money from your time, from the work that you're doing, and it'd probably be pushing you and chasing you. Obviously, that, that is a different situation to the the example that you said where it was someone that you're a big fan of and you wanted to give back to him in some way very different situations because that one you you've actually made the conscious choice to say i want to i want to give this to you as a you know thank you for being so great to me or yeah yeah exactly yeah like you said like like a gift and the same you know i I love the fact that moving to bristol was because i emailed jago and said i love you can I make you something for, for free? But that's just because I wanted to make it, wanted to do something for him. And it just so happened to be, I don't know, it wasn't just like, he's going to love this because it's free. It was, oh, I really like you. I'd like to make this. Oh, by the way, you don't have to pay. There's no money in the exchange yeah. hands. But, you know, I suppose coming back to the original point, it is just more nuanced than than right or wrong isn't it and it's totally yeah, contextually yeah it, it depends on the, on the situation yeah but i think as well people have got so many horror stories as well haven't they of, of you know when you need the money you're like okay i'm gonna take on that job i've got the feeling it might be a bit nightmarish but i'm just gonna do it and get it done and then you know it just ends up getting more and more and more you get paid less and less and less you start spending more and more time on it and you know there's nightmare those nightmare jobs so it's you know people are very wary of that as well aren't they so i think if you're doing it for free to enhance yourself and enhance your portfolio awesome but you know if you're feeling exploited then then absolutely not yeah one thing i really like that you said was that in your portfolio you're you're basically putting everything in your portfolio which is is quite rare um for people to do that but i like the fact that you mentioned that people that come to your website do not know the difference between that project that you did for you know a several thousand pound and then that thing that you did Saturday night just for a bit of fun and you you know they kind of sit next to each other on your website I like the fact that you you said that because obviously if there's a style or type of work that you want to get if you actually put that together you can put it on your website and no one knows that you didn't get paid for it Aaron Draplin does exactly the same thing he's got loads of work on his website and half of it is stuff that he just did for fun and it's attracted paying clients from that and it sounds like that's exactly the same situation for you and very much the reason why you did end up getting contacted by Ardman Animations which is amazing yeah I really believe that I think because I put in 
um, I was, you know, they were looking to hire a digital designer. So this is the other thing as well. You know, you you do need to have, I think, your bread and butter or your core yeah. strength or what it says on your business card because you need to fit into someone's uh, yeah, spreadsheet you need to fit into a box document. Uh, you, you yeah. eventually go into a box. So yeah, yeah, I agree with you've that. got to, haven't you? Because that's how people. That's how commercial world works that's how people yeah. work you know you we can't go hey i really need a a, a polymorphic artist musician <laughs> a science teacher who also dabbles in in chemistry but also knitwear you know you, you it's go, probably easier to have said like um a plumber you, you're yeah. not going to hire an, an an electrician to do your plumbing, even though they probably could do it, some of them. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I think, yeah, I mean, it can backfire because then you they don't know what you are and you yeah. become too much of a generalist. But, again, you just – I think that's up to you in how you word it or how you put forward your portfolio or, or, or just what you label yourself as. You know, uh, I think sometimes it can be so simple. You know, what you put on your Instagram – bio will tell people what you are so if you are in the you know you're coming out of university or you're coming out from college and you want to be a graphic designer but you you don't have confidence just say you're a graphic designer yeah you know and show your show your work because you look at it and it isn't people won't start judging it based on oh that's not true it might be on the quality of work or the style of the work whether that's relevant for the person looking but they won't question that you know, it's it's all about the work, isn't it? It is a visual medium at the end of the day. So, so I think it's 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 kind of playing the game, really. Mm. It's it's mm. it's appealing to people, um, so you get the work, but also it's that extra little nudge of, hey, did you also know I do this? Um, because people will be pleasantly surprised, and you won't know when they're thinking of you because they might be going, oh, I'm working with this brilliant copywriter at the minute, but actually they're a really good musician as well. And do you think? actually, we've got this perfect thing where they need to write something and maybe make a little ditty. Do you think we should give them a chance or just give them a shout to you what they think? Because, you know, if that makes life easier for people, then go for it. You know, yeah. anything you can to, to get those opportunities, to get your feet in the door. And like we were saying, you know, if you if you do need to learn the job, then learn on the job. So, yeah, I think, again, it's, it's not that simple, is it? There's so many different parts to, to this. But, but essentially making the work that you want to be hired for feels right. Absolutely. Now, I want to ask you about something I read in an interview, um, that basically sometimes when you work, you get angry and frustrated at yourself that you're not better. <laughs> now, I really appreciate the honesty, as I know myself, I can have days where I say work on a logo design project. And, and despite working solidly all day, by the end of that day, I just don't feel like I've got anything that's good enough to um to to present and i can imagine that most graphic designers experience the same feeling that they can basically be better could you expand on what you said a little bit more and and if possible talk through how you get through those moments oh mate this is just the bane of my life this is, <laughs> this is and i'll tell you a funny story so i never ever well i, I hopefully never ever um, lose my temper with people with other humans i definitely lose my temper with myself yeah. and my abilities all the time every at least every week definitely i go through this same cycle with stuff that i've done forever with stuff that i'm new at with i i oh god it's and i i've definitely come to accept it and know this is a the creative process anyway everyone goes through this in different form but also i am just 
I just get really frustrated really, really quickly because I just, I, I, I want to, because I love stuff. I love it. I love design and art, and photography and film, music, and all the different things that I love that I try my hand at. I, I, I do want to be good. You know, why would yeah. you not want to be good? I know it's not the end goal. And, and so many of my friends, especially my friend Ricky, is so good at just putting the emphasis on fun. So skateboarding, he's a brilliant skateboarder, now a terrible skateboarder. And whenever <laughs> we go skateboarding together, he, I would just get so frustrated so quickly. And that was another um, uh, downside, actually, of working with the skate store, because I just would go out skateboarding, get frustrated, and snap my board in two intentionally, because <laughs> I knew I'd just go back to work and buy a new one. Anyway, um, <laughs> Uh, but Ricky was always brilliant and just just calming me down and saying, "But it's just for fun. Why would you not do it if you just weren't having fun?" But I'm always sort of pent up, going, "But I want to be good. I want to be good at it." And I'm not quite sure why that is. I actually think probably psychologically, going right back, it goes back to being mediocre. I don't want to be mediocre. I want to I want to try if I can to the best of my ability, be better than mediocre. So yeah. it's probably some deep deep sort of deep-seated uh, issues that have got on my core but oh man frustrated and the the bit that I'm definitely not pleased at so um I'm lucky enough to be a dad and my son is two and I see him trying to do things and his face just screws up and he really loses his temper really quickly and I just think oh my god I've given this to you oh, this is my fault. Oh. I've given you this stupid, quick, quick, quick to anger reflex of your own abilities. And I'm so sorry. <laughs> Hopefully he's going to grow out of it and, and, and leave it there and become very calm and yeah. just, you know, realize this is the process of doing anything. And I mean, all, like all of your work, all of your work, on your website is absolutely in incredible so you're you're clearly getting through that is it just a case of keep going oh mate you're too kind well i don't think it is this is a thing you know it's like you look at you look at anyone else you know drafting take drafting for an amazing example you just look at them and you're just like yeah it's amazing oh, god you're so <laughs> good and then you look at your own stuff and you just stare at it and go oh, you know so are you are you are you saying that even when you've finished it, you, you feel that it's not good enough? Is that um, what you're getting at? No, generally, I, I, am, I am proud of what I've made, and that's, what, that's why I share it. And that's a big reason why when I first started, I did put it online, because it was like, I made a thing. I'm just really <laughs> proud I made a thing. You know, I think those things should be celebrated it's yeah. it's hard you've got the whole universe against you you know trying to make you not do something trying to make you watch a tv program or worry about the terrible politics that's happening in the world or the eventual heat decay of the universe there's so many things that should worry you and stop you making something you know i i, I think it's a damn good thing that you can make anything so so there's a part of it that's that i think just comparatively in terms of you know, what I make and do, you know, just, and I think this is healthy. I hope everyone else has it. You just do look yeah. to other people and just go, oh, you're so amazing. Oh, I wish I was amazing like you. Um, but I, 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 I don't see that as a negative, actually. I like that and I like, I, I love being inspired by so many countless people. It's you just, know what? I, I actually think if a graphic designer doesn't have that, they're just going to 
slow down and and carry on doing the same mundane things and it's all going to look the same but I, I think that the fact that you do have that anxiety and I like to think that a lot of the listeners have that same feeling that sometimes their work's just not as good as it could be they want to be better because everyone's got that drive they're learning and improving and getting better and and I think it's important w- without it you're not going to improve and you're not going to keep learning so um, I, I just love your transparency with that because I think a lot of graphic designers experience it, but they they hide it. They pretend they try to hide behind all the fancy work that they are able to do. <laughs> so it's it's I think it's normal, and I like yeah, to think that everyone so. listening to this is is thinking, yeah, I go through that as well, and it's normal and it's okay to struggle sometimes, but you will eventually get to that finished thing. I hope so because. But it's one of those things, isn't it? Like anything in life, you just go, "Oh God, I hope, I hope I'm normal, and everyone <laughs> else does this thing, whatever the whatever the thing is." You're like, "Oh God, or am I just kind of super weird?" I, I I hope so because hopefully that's a natural human reaction, isn't it? Just frustration with your own ability and wanting to be better. I think it's normal. I I, I do. I genuinely think it's normal, and everyone wants to improve. I also want to ask about your process as well, because again, it might have been in that same interview that I read, but you said that your process changes with every project. Now, since the 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 show is about logo design, would you be able to give a couple of different examples of what you mean by that? Because I personally follow quite a linear process, like I do. Um, I got this research phase where I learn all about the business. I sketch a load of things for a couple of days. I'll then start working in Illustrator and I'll vectorize a few of them, keep polishing, keep copying until it's perfect, and then obviously present that. So it's quite a linear process, and I pretty much run through that every time. How does it work in your case when you work? How how would you work differently? That's a really good. That's a really good question. Um, I mean, I suppose I work relatively linear in that, yeah, I often start with mood boards, especially if it's for branding, graphic design, yeah. definitely mood boards. Yeah, a bit of research, a bit of just general inspiration for sort of tone and feel. And that also um, I generally do if I am um, writing a pitch slash treatment for uh, a moving image job, say I'm making a, a film for someone or a commercial. Generally, I like to start even just to get the job. I like cutting a mood reel together if it's if it's moving um, and just getting just generally inspired by other people's work and images and things things out there and then move to sort of sketch process. I think what I meant when I was probably talking about it changes every time. I mean, it does, depending on the context of what the medium is. But I also just get excited. Sometimes I just like to run ahead and jump straight into Illustrator. Sometimes I've just seen something like a test, like I'll go straight into, I don't know, like today I was working in After Effects doing some style tests with some different effects for a thing that I'm doing at work. And, and yeah, I just kind of like getting excited and being a bit a bit, a bit skittish and, and, yeah, yeah. and jumping all over the place. And then I might just, go and do a doodle and yeah so I just try and sort of like tune into what I'm getting most excited on really and and I'm, I'm not very disciplined when it comes to that and I just try and let that be you know mm-hmm. just go well okay there's a reason why you're not being disciplined that's because I'm probably slightly more excited at just testing out the effect because then that effect might take you off in a different direction and that was also then actually linking right back to starting jam factory my boss at the time telling me to sort of test out any effects and styles that i'd learned in the day in the evenings because 
I would then make like all my posters and my graphics would all fit at fit fit into a certain visual style because that's what I was excited on but then that will morph into something else but then I would use it on a personal project but then that would spin off into something else and kind of just letting these natural neural connections happen you know and, and then again that's that still is happening for me right now I just did a test on a, a graphic test on something I was really excited by a sort of a I mashed up like three different tutorials together which gave me a certain effect which then is sort of led me into actually proposing that for a job that I'm doing and it it's right and the, the people seeing that I'm going yeah yeah it's exactly it and I'm just so glad that I still kind of work like that just based on excitement and, and intuition I guess to yeah to, yeah to see where the process might go it sounds like you're very just very playful with everything that you're you're doing like I, I mean even though the way that you explain it it sounds like it's very scattered but obviously you're you're getting stuff done um so you're obviously working in the right way but it just seems like if you've got an idea that you're thinking of you're just going to dive in and start experimenting with stuff to see the direction it could possibly go but you're not 100 percent sure if that's going to work and if it doesn't work you then hop on something else i think it's good it's interesting yeah. to hear different people's processes yeah and i think like you say it's it's um yeah it's all done done within the context of um within time frames of deadlines of deliverables you know i'm not going to just go hi oh, yeah so you actually wanted a, a page of six different rough mock-ups and i've yeah. actually just made you a, a collage <laughs> made out of pasta and uh, a mood film that's two hours long you know i've kind of you know I, i'd like to be professional and deliver what people want yeah. but if it generally sort of that idea process time um just just go with the flow really, yeah I you're suppose. just experimenting Again, just you're, you're playing you're playing with the brief and seeing you're pushing the the boundaries of what it could be and i think that's really interesting that, that you take that approach thanks mate i i noticed that you have a really amazing work environment in your home called the the den which is <laughs> where, yeah. where you work can you tell us a little bit more about that yeah sure so the den literally is our spare bedroom um and I've, I've always called it den because in the various places i've lived there have been various different sizes um when i lived um when i first moved to bristol um it was just a big desk in my um in the room that i i stayed in i had nice. quite a big room but that was cool but i just like to sort of fill it with stuff like be surrounded by stuff toys logos stickers prints all sorts of things and then when the house before uh, i lived in where we are now um it was literally under the stairs it was this little cubby hole like, yeah i saw that one i've seen i've seen photos of that online i, I just love it it's you know like a very small room and you have filled it with toys and color and stuff like that is is that literally just in that room or or is that just your your entire house oh no just... that that well that was that was literally the corner of the dining room so if you sort of if you if you like dolly the camera back almost you just see yeah. the dining room table and everything oh, okay else. But, um my wife is um she's a jewelry designer and maker so she's very creative herself so she's also very understanding of let's fill the house with colorful things so there's there's some restraint you know there's there's some there's also nice little pockets of weirdness of toys or or i'm just looking at some shelves we put up last are, are those things and, chosen to like inspire you or they're just things that you like because my room i 
great full of toys as well but I'd have them around me anyway just because I like them <laughs> yeah it is that yeah it is it's stuff I like it's stuff I'm inspired by I just like to sort of be surrounded by things and my desk at work is is like it as well just I've got um I've got this awesome little shelf that I just realized that you can just fit um, a mega drive game box on it so i've got a wall of of old mega drive box games and it's awesome because it's like sonic the hedgehog one and streets of rage three oh. and all this <laughs> awesome artwork from my childhood and, and i just like to fill it with things and also there's sometimes objects from stuff that i've made or we've collaborated with and, and like i've got a mask from a music video and um a toy that I did the collaboration with so so yeah i just i i kind of like calling it the den because it's like that's my space that's when i do my personal project yeah it sounds like um a hiding place where you can go and create things <laughs> yeah it is yeah and i just like i mean my the den that i've got now in, in the house is a bit bit bigger and i've got i've got like my my mac set up with three monitors i always like having loads of screens six shells filled with toys and then i've got a big arcade stick connected to a telly and i've got my switch and i've kind of just i want it filled with stuff and also when my boy grows up you know i i want him to be able to come in and play and and just you know whether he he takes a role in the creative industries or not but just i want him to go oh wow dad's room's <laughs> cool and i can play in it rather than you know oh i'm not allowed in, i'm not allowed in dad's room yeah then it being a boring office yeah exactly well we're nearly at an hour so i'm gonna ask you one last question to kind of close thing off so if you could travel back in time and give your younger self some advice what would that advice be do you know what i think I've thought about this a lot and I've, I've sort of spoken to friends about this i wouldn't tell myself anything i would stand by and watch me make all the same mistakes make watch myself get everything wrong get everything in the muddle because i think that's absolutely inherently part of it i don't think i'd yeah. be who i am today where i am today without any of that the good and the bad um especially creatively i think it's you have to make those mistakes you have to be silly you have to screw stuff up you have to get things so wrong and sometimes they're tiny tiny things and they're little maybe embarrassing things that you just only you know and you you look back and go god that was i can't believe i thought that or i can't believe i did that i think you have to because if you're just sort of if you don't have the the downs you can't appreciate the ups so you just have to just just let it happen and just i think what what people get so hung up on and what can sometimes paralyze you going forward is is just what where do i go what's my grand plan what am i trying to achieve but i think if you just sort of concern yourself with what's next what is that tiny little step that's going to take me forwards it might just be oh i just need to carve out 10 minutes to to just i don't know watch a new tutorial online so i really want to learn that skill or maybe craft an email because i really like this opportunity you know just 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 identifying the smallest lowest hanging fruit to to propel you forwards basically to to make you feel good about yourself to to give yourself a little boost of confidence to go yeah, I, I did that today. So, yeah, I would travel back in time and stand there all weird and silent and not say <laughs> anything at all. A total 
total waste of time travel. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's really good advice because I, I would agree with that as well. Because I mean, obviously there's been ups and downs and sad times and hard times. But if I hadn't gone through those things, I wouldn't be who I am today. And I think, like you said, even the bad times are important to who you're going to become and you, you need to learn and all that sort of stuff. So fantastic advice. Well, Gavin, it's been a real pleasure chatting with you. I can imagine that everyone's going to really relate with your story and um, enjoy this interview. So just want to say thank you very much for your time. Oh, honestly, thank you so much. It's been a real pleasure chatting to you, mate. And just thank you for thinking of me for getting me on the show. It's, it's really nice to, to talk about all this nonsense. It's very kind of you. Well, Gavin's story is so inspiring. Thanks, Gav, for coming on the show and for being such a fantastic guest and for being so honest and transparent with us. If you'd like to learn more about Gavin Strange, head over to his website, jam-factory.com, where you'll see all the wonderful and amazing creative projects that he works on in his free time. For show notes, which includes a full transcription of the interview, just head over to logogeek.uk forward slash 4.2. That will also include links to any of Gavin's social profiles, books, or any resources that we spoke about in the interview too. If you'd like to discuss um, this episode with me and over 6,000 logo designers from around the world, join the Logo Geek community on Facebook. It's totally free and it's probably the best place online to meet other logo designers and talk about the ins and outs of logo design. Basically, if you are a logo geek, you need to join us. And to do that, just head over to logogeek.uk forward slash community, making sure to answer the questions. So thanks so much for listening. I appreciate you and I will see you again next week for another exciting episode of the Logo Geek Podcast.